Hello, everyone. This is Jackie. I am a lifestyle excuse me, I am a life and business coach. I put style in there. Look at me. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, what I do is I help future and new entrepreneurs build their life, their finances, and their business. So today, um, I also have a special guest. This, this interview is also for my podcast called Victory Chat with Jackie, your victory starts here is the slogan. I have a special guest and you all who follow me, y'all know how I do it. I allow the guests to introduce themselves, um, to give their name, their title and what they do because in my view, who better can uh, introduce you than you. Go ahead and introduce yourself, please. Thank you so much, Jackie, thanks for having me. Well, my name is Rajiv Mudumba. I've been an entrepreneur and executive throughout my career. I bring about 20 plus years of uh, career in different fields. I was in direct marketing initially. After that, I've been in benefits administration, health and wellness. That's what I've done uh, of late. And uh, what I've been doing over the last couple of months is what I want to talk about. One is I've started my own podcast and it's called Plan B Success. And Plan B Success is a three-episode-a-week podcast. One of them is an interview. Every Monday, I release an interview with an inspiring entrepreneur from any kind of a field, sports personality, media personality, whoever it is. It's a general interaction where we're talking about their journey through their life in terms of how they became successful or the failures they faced. That's an episode that goes out on Monday and on Wednesdays and Fridays, I release my own episodes, me talking to the mic, basically. And it's topics that I pick that are current, uh, that are, uh, that people want to hear about, you know, and some of my previous episodes have been things like, do nice people make poor managers? Or is HR the backbone of your organization? Or is it just a weak link? You know, those kinds of um, topics that I pick and uh, generally my background, my experience, my expertise, that's what I share on those episodes. Other than that, I have also released a book. It's called My Inspiration, Quotes That Shape My Self-Improvement Journey. And that's out on Amazon. It's available in a print format, ebook format, as well as an audio version. And it's basically a collection of quotes that I have distilled over the last five to six years through my experiences. Basically every day, some experience, I would try to distill a quote at the end of the day and then record it away. And the book is my way of immortalizing it. It's about 650 to 700 plus quotes in the book. And uh, that's what I've done. So plan B success. Uh, it's available on, on all the major uh, podcast uh, platforms out there. It's also available on plan B.live or plan B success.live. Now, the other thing that I'm doing is Plan B Success Blueprint, which is a coaching program, online digital coaching program that I am launching on the 15th of this month, 15th of October. And what it is, is I believe in people being in three different buckets. You know, one bucket is where people are wanting to do something and they're not, either not happy in their current positions or they think that they have capabilities which they can extract and do more. So it's basically trying to reintroduce people to their own confidence. That's the first group of people. Second group of people are confident enough, but they don't know what is it that they have that they can extract and offer to other people. 
helping them. And then the third group of people is they know exactly what they want to do, but they don't know how to go about it. You know, what technologies to use, what kind of people to talk to and, and those kinds of things. And the Plan B Success Blueprint Coaching Program is to help all of these people get to that next level. So that's kind of my background in a nutshell. Okay, cool. So let's get to these questions. Some of the questions I call light questions and some of them are a thinker and you have a lot of years. So <laughs> you got a lot of expertise to offer the people. So I appreciate you making time for us. So um, tell me over your career span, have you ever worked with a coach, consultant, advisor, or virtual assistant yourself? Yeah, at different points in time, you know, I think one of the things that we all do is we rely a lot on our own selves because until, until we do it, we don't believe it's perfect. And I've been, I've been doing that uh, in parts of my career too. I've been in spots in my career where I would just not be happy with anybody else doing anything except me doing it. But the issue with that is one, you're pursuing perfection too soon before you have something out, which is not the right the way to go about it. The right way to go about it is to take action and make sure that you have something out there and then you can start working on perfecting it. And the second way is you're not going to be at your full potential unless you seek help. So like you said, virtual assistants or other consultants or contractors or coaches, whoever you need to bring on board in order for you to focus on one thing, but extend yourself in other directions for the work that needs to get done. And I think that's where they come into play. And uh, until you do that, you limit your potential, you limit what you have to offer. And I realized that at some point in my career, and I've, I've, uh, there are certain things that I enjoy doing, you know, the creative aspects of things, I love it. The things that are necessary to do, like, you know, the technical aspects of things, that's where I bring in help. You know, one is either it's too much of effort on my part trying to spend on it, or two, I can bring a better expert at certain aspects of things, and that's where I bring in these people. And I think it's very essential to understand that it's value for money, right? You're bringing them in, and you might look at it as a cost right now, but in the mid to long term, it pays many fold by itself. That's good information. So just to expand on that, um, let's talk about the do everything and expecting perfection. Um, my question with that is I read somewhere, and it was many years ago, that the average person um, changes careers um, maybe two to two or more times within uh, the working lifespan. That's right. Um, so change change is normal. Change happens. Um, why do you think? that is so why do you think people uh change careers the way they do well you know it's 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 a great question so here's my answer to that you know i think that when i talk about plan b success i think trying to answer the question of plan b success why is it called plan b success will give you an answer to your question mm -hmm. you know i'm a strong believer that 90 plus percent of us just 
land up in a job or a career by chance. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you could go to school and get a certain degree. You could get a degree in business or psychology and you could do totally something different when you land a job because you don't get jobs based on your educational qualifications per se, mm-hmm. especially when you're starting a career. You take my example, right? My example is while I was in my uh, second year MBA, I ended up joining a direct marketing company. I went door to door for a year and a half while my peers, my classmates were out there interviewing with various companies and landing jobs where here I was lugging a bag and going door to door. You know, that, and I, that was probably the strongest foundation that I ever got in my career and that shaped my entire career. How did I land into direct marketing? Just by chance. You know, a friend of mine happened to join this company. He talked great about it. I said, okay, this is new. I've never heard about it. Let me go and try it out. And then for the next three plus years, I built an organization, a direct marketing organization of about 30 different, uh, sorry, 300 different associates and 12 locations. It did really well. And then I decided to divest from it as technology started to make a major play. And then I got involved in technology. I was actually helping establish technology companies and grow technology com- companies internationally. Then I decided to come over to the U.S. I, you know, I got an MBA here. And then after that, I just ended up finding myself in the benefits administration field. I started from the point of learning what's an insurance plan, what's an HMO, what's a PPO, what's a copay. You know, those are the questions that I was asking myself when I joined. But then Fast forward 10, 15 years later, I'm an expert. You know, I'm out there speaking nationally and internationally in conferences on health, healthcare, on health and wellness, on um, all of these topics that were very new to me at a point in time. So since I fell into that benefits administration field, you know, I needed to expand my horizons and that's where I started getting into health and wellness and then started writing and so on and so forth, right? And then... As a part of my journey, I also realized that, you know, I love other things. I love, like I'm talking to you. I love talking. I love speaking. I love uh, writing. I've been blogging since 2011. I wanted to become an author. I love writing. Then my podcast. So these are all things. There are things that you do. There are things that you do as a result of what you fall into. And then there are other things that you love. It could be a passion, a hobby, whatever you want to call it. And then that's where you are in your best sphere. That's where your best comes out. And eventually everybody needs to pursue what they're really good at and then find ways of how does it help subsist, right? So I, th- I believe that people fall into different careers by chance. And then as a result of growing up, they learn more about themselves. And at a, at a point in time in life, they make a pivot, they make a change. And then they pursue what they're really passionate about. That's where they find their happiness. That's where they find their success. And that's where they find their growth. And it's very necessary, you know, if your goal is to be happy, to grow and develop, that you, you know, you go with, sometimes you have to go with the tide. And that is, That is a great lesson because things play out. Uh, My next question is, it's about focus. Mm -hmm. Many, um, many coaches, many consultants 
tell new entrepreneurs or even future entrepreneurs? Because sometimes we might like a, a few things. We may like a few things, but when we're starting out, um, what is your advice concerning focus? Because like, for example, say, I, I, say I'm your client and I say, well, I like singing, I like accounting, and I like writing. And I don't know which one I want to do, but I want to start a business. I want to make it a business. Um, how would you advise them concerning focusing on something? Sure, absolutely. Actually, you know, it's a part of my uh, program that I'm coming up with. So that's exactly one of the pieces of it where I talk about clarity. You know, you there, there are two things, right? One is we think we are great at several things. And then we also need to look at an external perception in terms of whoever it is, family, friends, that's where you start with, as to what do they think. And in our inner voice is always, it's all about us, right? So we are always thinking about us. Most of our life, we live in the mind. I believe that, uh, you know, very much. And then we have only one view of our own self, which is our own view. And sometimes ego does play a part in it. And we might think we are excellent at something, but then, you know, the external factor might show something totally different. So it is important to get clarity in terms of asking ourselves, if I were to, if, if writing is my passion, can I live with writing for the next 30 plus years of my life? Can I, uh, you know, what kind of a masterpiece do I want to spin out? Uh, how do I monetize this? If, if I were to make writing my life, how do I monetize this? And it's not going to happen immediately. Mm-hmm. Gonna, there's, gonna, there's going to be a downturn before an upturn comes up. How much can I bear with the downturn while I'm pursuing my passion? All of these are questions that we need to ask of ourselves in terms of finding clarity. And you might say, hey, writing is my passion. I can write all day long. But if it's not going to bring in a, a paycheck for you, are you still going to be in the same frame of mind six months from now? Are you still going to pursue it and find ways and means of making it pay for you? And those are some of the hard questions that we need to ask for ourselves and then get that external validation too, in terms of clarity from other people as to what do they think? Do they think I'm a great singer or a great writer? Which one is comes foremost to them in their, in their mind? Those are the questions we need to ask. And we need to take all of this information together and then do a, an intrinsic internal search, soul searching, so to speak, in terms of saying, what is that one thing that I do want to pursue that I think I will succeed at? And that's how you find clarity and then you go after it. But even after this whole exercise, if you feel that that one thing that the others are pointing to is not where your heart lies, then that's there's further levels of, uh, there's another uh, scenario of, uh, Another exercise that I go through, which is, you know, going several levels deep within yourself in terms of saying, why do you think, you know, your passion is that exact thing and how can you make it work for you? I think we go through that exercise and as a result of that, it will become very clear to you what is that one thing that you should go after, no matter the ups, no matter the downs and come out successful on the other end. That's good. That's good. So my next question is, 
So think back when you first started, the first career that you mentioned where you were going door to door. Mm-hmm. Um, what were three challenges that you, that you faced in getting the customer to buy? Sure. So let me give you a story. And this is a true story. You know, I went and uh, day one, uh, when I joined them, I actually went out with my coach who was supposed to train me in the day-to-day, you know, in the direct marketing skills. And they actually uh, taught us about a five-step process in order to close a sale. And you need to do it within about a minute or a minute and a half. And if you are able to close it, great. If you're not able to close it, then you move to the next customer. And then the, the formula was you meet about 300 people a day. If you meet 300 people a day, you know, there's 30 S's you're going to get. The rest of them are no's and go through your nose. Your nose might be coming to you at the beginning of the day, middle of the day, end of the day, or totally dispersed. There's, there's no telling how the nose are going to come. You could probably go through all the 270 nose throughout the day. No, 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 before your yeses started coming in. As long as you believe in this law of averages, it's going to work. That's what they taught us. And then he took me out for about a day to trade. The day went well, you know, he, he was good at what he did and, uh, you know, I enjoyed my day and then I came back. The next day I show up at my office and then they give me the bag of merchandise and then say, okay, now you're out on your own, go out and do it. And I did it. I went out at probably about eight o'clock in the morning and till 12 o'clock, I kept getting no's. And then around, and, you know, I was doing, uh, I think some homes, I was doing some uh, office complexes, that kind of stuff. And around 12-ish, I was at some homes and uh, I remember some person was very rude when they opened the door to me and Mm. they didn't even wait for me to finish my pitch. And then they just slammed the door on my face. And, you know, I was totally dejected. You know, that was the last straw for me. I was totally dejected. I was probably on the brink of tears. I came back to the office, dropped my bag and said, I can't do this. This is not for me. Uh, You know, this is, I just can't do it. And then, uh, you know, my coach was there. He sat with me for a few minutes. He let me vent. And when, once I vented out everything, then he brought me a bottle of water. I drank some water. And then he sat me down and he said, listen, there's two things you can do. One thing is you can pick up that bag, wash your face, go pick up that bag, go back at the field and just keep doing what you're doing. Believe in that law of averages and just do what you've been taught, that one and a half minute pitch. And don't worry about the customer saying yes or no. If you take it personally, you know, it's it's never going to help you. Just brush it off every time there's a no and go to the next one. Just keep doing it, keep doing it, and it will come to you. And you'll get so good at this that you will know how to tweak your pitch and you will know how to get the yeses out of the customers. He said you can do that. And this is probably the hardest training possible out there in life that you're getting. And this will, this will help you throughout your entire career. The second thing he said is, or you can walk out that door and then your history. Nobody will know you. You know, I will not call you back. It's over. And in my mind, your history. And, uh, you know, that, was, that struck pretty hard for me. It was pretty profound. And uh, I sat for a few minutes, thought it over. And then I'm like, no, I think I'll go ahead and do it again. And I picked up the bag and I went out again. I ended up probably selling two or three pieces that day. I didn't get a whole lot of yeses, but I stuck. You know, I stuck with it. I went door to door for about a year and a half. I built really large teams. I opened up an office, a franchisee office. 
And from there, after at, at a certain point in time, I actually went independent, started my own company. And that's where it grew to those 12 locations, 300 associates before I divested and came out of it. So that's my story on that, uh, on that one. And I think, you know, it's, it's about being strong and going on and on and on. Don't expect, uh, you know, get, don't get into something and expect a red carpet being laid out for you. It's never going to happen. You know, you need to earn it and you need to make it happen for you. That's good. And thank you for the story. I mean, there was so many nuggets in that story. Um, what I got from the story is, number one, you know, you have to be persistent. Number two, you have to understand what that means, what that means. Um, so if number one is persistent, number two is resistant because mm -hmm. you have to be able to resist those feelings or those emotional uh things that you may go through here and here and no. And I love the fact that you said you can't take it personally because that is basically it will stop you in your tracks and That's you right. have to make a decision where, you know, where are you going to go from here? Absolutely. You know? And then number three, number three, what is your end goal? What is your end goal? What are you, what are you going to do? Which is your, you just have to make a decision. And I just love that. I love that example. It was really, uh, it was really, you, you told it with precision. So I really enjoyed it. Okay. So my next question is from, from the, okay. So from the time you were a salesman to the time that you branched off and started your own organization, mm -hmm. what, how, how, how much time frame was that? That was about a year and a half. You know, for a year and a half, I went out on the field. Mm. And for about, for about another year, close to a year, year and a half, I actually ran a franchisee office with the company. Mm -hmm. This was actually a Canadian direct marketing company that had come over to India and, uh, it was imported goods. It was foreign goods. So there was, you know, it, it was an exciting thing. You know, we saw new stuff and we were selling new stuff and the customers loved it and all that. At a point in time, the company decided to source their products locally. And once they decided to source their products locally, you know, I had the same access to the same markets, to the same products locally as well. And that's, that's the time I, I decided to go independent. So I, that's the time I went independent and, did my own sourcing and built my own organization. Okay. So my next question has to do with responsibility. Um, first, I want to know um, if you have any, if you're married, if you have children, or if you're caring for any family members. And what does that do to, how does that affect your drive toward being successful in your business absolutely I, I am married and um you know it's my wife me and uh, two kids i have a 16 year old son and i have a 10 year old daughter one is in high school one is in middle school absolutely it's it's uh you know we are a very close-knit family so it's all about the family and the drive for success is absolutely to provide for the family to give them the best of life possible, best of education possible. And uh, that's a big driver. 
that's a big uh, fire, so to speak, in terms of pushing me and driving me to do what I do and to be successful at it. And I think, uh, I think that's great. You know, it's always been that way for me throughout my life. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's that one rock that holds you steady no matter the ups and the downs. And you know that you're doing it for the betterment of the family. You know, whatever you're doing is, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you come back to, you know, after after a day's worth of work. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful experience, caring for the family and then doing what you're doing in order to see, see them through and make them successful in their lives. And then it's setting an example too, right? So, Think about it for, for my kids. It's about setting an example. So for, I'll give you an example here. I'll give you another story. So, you know, I've always wanted to write. I, I, like I said, I've been blogging since 2011. I wanted to write a book. I had a book in my head back in 2006. It's still in my head. It's probably, you know, a little bit done. I have two books in my head, actually, at this point in time. One of them is half done. One of them I'm getting started. I, at some point, I want to get those two done. But then I've talked about writing a book for a long time. And uh, my daughter is very interested in what I do. So every couple of months or every couple of weeks now, she would ask me, Dad, where are you with your book? What chapter are you on? Uh, you know, and, uh, and this was you know, pretty recently over the last couple of years. And then I started thinking to myself, you know, I, don't, I didn't really have an answer for her. How many times am I going to tell her I'm on chapter five or chapter six? And I'm like, you know, I'm just not setting the right example for her. You know, I'm basically telling her that I make plans and then I don't go through them. And, you know, this could have a bad impact on her. So what I did is uh, my wife and my my daughter, they were in India for, for the summer vacation. They were, and I told her before she left, I said, by the time you come back, I'll have a surprise for you. And then they left. And once they left, uh, I used those two months to sit down and get all my podcasting done, going. And then at the same time, I sat down, wrote my book, got it published, all of that. And then when she came, by the time she came back, it was done. And then I showed her, hey, it's not the same book that uh, I was writing. That's still going on. But look here, there's another book that I've published. And here it is. And by the way, uh, you know, the podcast, you know, and I, I share a lot with my daughter and then, uh, you know, it was around December timeframe that I bought a mic and then, you know, talking about podcasts and then we fooled around with some softwares and all that. But then she didn't even see that come through. And by the time she came back, I was through a few episodes. It was launched, all of that. And she was really, really excited. But it was my, I felt proud about it because it was my way of showing her, hey, I had this idea. I saw it through. It's done. So now I can hold my kids accountable for, for, for the stuff that they need to do. That's good. Thank you for the story. This is, this is good. So my next question has to do with generation. Mm -hmm. So um, how, how old are you and how has your drive towards success and um, concerning how you're able to provide things for your family differ from what your parents were able to to provide for you growing up? Sure. I am in my mid forties at this point. Um, and I think, you know, to, to answer your question, it's two generations, right? The way I like to look at it is my parents belong. I believe we've been through two, three, three different uh, industry revolutions, so to speak. 
you know, my parents belonged to probably you could call it the industrial revolution, you know, where it was all about finding a job, holding on to it. You're out there to please your boss. You're out there to no matter how hard things are, no matter um, what you're facing, you still hold on to the job because that's security. And that's what a lot of parents did during their time, which is it was no, no more about, you know, how's the job? How's the environment? What am I making? It's not, it was not all about that. It was about hold the job, make sure you bring in a paycheck. There should be job security. There's a family to feed and let's put food on the table every single day. You know, that's what the generation of parents did. My parents and I'm sure other parents too. Mm-hmm. Our generation came through not during the industrial revolution, but through the information revolution, which is where you know computers came out and there was a lot going on. The activity around the computers, every single industry was getting influenced by computers. So we had to equip ourselves with a new set of skills. But our generation was more about the improving the standards of life. You know, mm-hmm. our, our generation was no more about just job security. It was no more about just food, putting food at the table, but it was more about, you know, am I getting the right value for, uh, for the services I provide? Or you switch companies. That's what people have done, right? And um, it, was still, it was still about, you know, being happy in your job and having a longevity in your uh, job that you held. You generally, I think people held on to jobs between three to eight years or more. And it was about mm-hmm. standards of life, quality of life. Do I have a good house, a good car? Do my kids go to good schools? You know, are we able to afford good uh, food outside at restaurants? It was all of that. It was about improving standards of life. And I think now the generation, what I would call the social revolution, which mm-hmm. is, you know, jobs are taking a spin on their head. There are new ways of making money, like YouTubers, influencers, coaches, coaching programs, right? Um, sure. All of the coaches, rather. And all of these people are... Now it's about you can do different things. Now it's about passions and things that you're interested in and how do you monetize them and and all of that. So now we're going through the social revolution where it's not even about the standards of life. It's about the quality of life. It's about people seeking quality. You know, what kind of an atmosphere am I living in? What kind of an atmosphere am I working in? What kind of... uh, thought process or beliefs do my, does my employer hold? Um, you know, is it a good uh, environment? Is it positive? Do I like where I sit? You know, and it's about caring for the environment. So many different things come into play. It's about the quality of life. So I think we went from job security mm-hmm. at, our, at our parents' time to standards of living, improving standards of living during our time. And then the next generation is going to be improving the quality of life. And that's good. Um, so it's still in that realm. When you are a entrepreneur, how is knowing that information uh, vital to your bottom line? I think it is. You know, I, I think being an entrepreneur is, a, is two things. The way I look at it is one is being authentic. You know, you cannot make up stuff and then expect to serve your clients. You got to be authentic. And I think for me, that comes from my background, my experience, my Mm -hmm. expertise, my skill set, you know, my life experiences. There's so many things that I tap into in order to be authentic. You know, you and I are talking here, you know, this is not a pre-prepared interview, right? Things are coming in my head, things are coming in my head as we speak and I'm Mm -hmm. talking about it. 
And this is what authenticity is all about. Uh, this is not to put yourself on a high pedestal since I'm an entrepreneur or a coach. And, you know, here I am sitting in the high pedestal and you are asking me uh, tips and tricks and I'm feeding it. You know, it's about, it's about a conversation. It's about being on the same plane and being honestly able to try to help people. I think if you are in the, in the business of serving people and you're, mm-hmm. authentic, you're authentic about it, your clients will come. Your bottom line, your top line, everything will improve. And then the other thing is, one is that, and, uh, which is being authentic. The second thing is, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur or whoever you are, even if you're a professional, you can still be an entrepreneur in the mm-hmm. job or the company that you're working with. And I think the key difference of a successful entrepreneur or the one who's not successful is taking action take action you know you can ideate all day you can plan all day you can prune your craft till it's pitch perfect but perfection is not what you should pursue at this point mm-hmm. in time pursue action look for outcomes look for results doesn't matter what shape or form it is in because once that outcome is out there then you can work on pruning it and and working on it and crafting it to its per, uh, to its stage of perfection that you aspire for it but without action it's still an idea in your head and i think that's the key difference between a successful and an unsuccessful entrepreneur that's good um and it's and you're right like all my the interviews I've been doing lately, uh, that's one of the reasons why I have not been giving people all the questions. I generally just give them a description of, of the purpose, the purpose of the interview, because I want the, um, the answers to be authentic. And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just what an entrepreneur thinks. You know, mm-hmm. basically, that's the thing, what, what you think. And then and the importance of this whole thing is to encourage and motivate people to keep going mm-hmm. and to uh, allow you to find some type of clarity or be able to settle your mind. Because, you know, um, yes, there's a lot of tricksters out there, but you cannot be uh, focused on those things. You have to be like a horse. You know how they put blinders on a horse. And the reason yes. why they put blinders on a horse is so the horse don't get dis- distracted and go off on their own because they're not dumb animals. Yep. You know, they think and breathe in things and they get curious. So they put blinders on them. So when they're riding the horse, the horse obeys the person the person that's riding, they, they respond to the command instead of taking them wherever they want to. So that is important. So, um, uh, yes. Okay. So my final question, my final question, if you had it all, all your 20 years, if you had it all to do differently, mm-hmm. is there one thing or two things that you would do differently? You know, uh, there's a blog article that I wrote at a point in time in my life as to what advice would I give my 22-year-old self. And what I wrote was, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, 
I would, I think it's a journey, right? It's a journey, whether the ups and the downs and whatever you've been through, you know, obviously everybody's life is full of it. So is mine. I've had my challenges. I've had my successes. I've had my low moments. I have my, I've had my high moments and I don't think I would change a thing. You know, I think life is interesting when you go through it and you come out on the other end uh, triumphant. Uh, And I think I wouldn't change anything. I'm I'm not going to tell you that, oh, I'm going to tweak these things, change these things so that I I wouldn't have gone through those downturns. No, I think it's a part and parcel of the package. I'm very grateful for my life and I would not change a thing. And I think what's important for people to understand here is every one of us has our own unique journey. You know, you can't look at somebody, you can't look at Steve Jobs and say, gosh, I, I, I wish I had that life. No, he died, <laughs> uh, you know, at a certain point in time because of a disease. That was his part and parcel of his package. You got your own life. You know, you should focus on your own life. You should focus on your own challenges and come out successful on the other end. And that's what you should aspire for. So I don't think there's anything to change. In my life, I'm very grateful for the way it's, um, it's rolled itself out. But what I'm more excited about is the, you know, the life of the future, how it's going to roll about. And that's what I have control over. Uh, and that's what I'm going to do things and make things happen where I do all that I want to do in life. I think one other thing that I want to tell people is, you know, Go through your life in such a fashion that when you look back, maybe in your, I don't know, whenever, 80s or so, there's nothing that you regret. I think one of the key aspects of life that we need to remember is don't ever do anything that you would regret and don't ever miss an opportunity of not doing something that you will regret later in life. You should never, ever hold any regrets. As long as you're focused on that, I think you will do all the right things in your life to get to the point where you can look back at it and say, I'm happy with my life. I've tried everything. I have no regrets. So keep, keep reminding yourself not to have regrets. And I think that's the most important thing. If you want to try something, no matter how foolish it may look to others, go ahead and try it out is what I would say. Because mm-hmm. you, know, you will look back and say, you know, I wanted to try it out. I tried it out. Whatever the outcome, I'm happy with it because I tried. Don't go back and, you know, don't spend your life not trying something and then looking back at it and saying, gosh, I wish I had tried that. If I had tried that, my life would have been different. No. Go through your life. It's your life. And make sure you hold no regrets. That is so good. Um, my great-grandmother, I was raised by my great-grandmother, and she used to always say, uh, you can't, you cannot get anywhere looking backwards. You don't, if you want to go somewhere, you have to look forward and walk forward. <laughs> so that's what she would always tell us as kids. And I found myself as an adult, uh, repeating that to myself and to other people. And yes, it is so true. And some of those sayings she used to say are be, are timeless they're still relevant today. Um, so I want to take this opportunity to thank you so, so much. This has been an inspiring um, interview. So before I let you go, um, please tell the people 
how they can contact you and if you give a website or a um social media link make sure you spell it sure okay Sure. So my website, my personal website is rajivmudumba.com. It's R-A-J-E-E-V-M-U-D-U-M-B-A.com. So that's my name and .com. And that's my personal website that houses everything that I do. My podcast is Plan B Success. It's available on planb.live or it's available on planbsuccess.live. And it's available on all the major uh, podcasting uh, platforms out there. It's out there on Google Play, Google Music, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever you use. You can go there. You can subscribe. You can listen to all the episodes. And there's new ones coming out every week. And then my book, My Inspiration, Quotes That Shape My Self-Improvement Journey, is available on Amazon as a physical book. It's also available on uh, Audible in an audio version. And then it's available on Amazon as an ebook as well. And what I like to call this book is it's, like I said, it's a collection of quotes. And the way I like to refer to this is uh, if you really look at uh, any challenges that you've had in life, you know, if you go to your elders, generally what they tell you is go and open up a spiritual book, like the Bible, for instance. And then no matter what page, just open it up and read what you see first, and you will find a solution for your challenge speaking to you right there. This is that kind of a book. This is that kind of a book for professionals and entrepreneurs. This is a, it's, it's a collection of quotes that are, I just didn't make it up. I actually went through them through five, six years of my life and I distilled it in the form of my own quote. And then it's about 650, 700 quotes. It's like a 90, 95 page book. And if you are a professional or an entrepreneur or a business person, you're going through a challenge, you should be able to open up any page. You, there's no one way to read the book. And the code that you see should be able to speak to you. And it should be able to provide you insight as to what solutions you can have for your challenge. That's the kind of a book it is. So like I said, it's available on Amazon. You can download it. You can buy it right there. And then my coaching program, Plan B Success Blueprint, is launching on the 15th of October. And it's available on, uh, it's going to be available on my website, rajivmudumba.com. And I'm going to be publicizing it on Facebook. There's a Facebook Plan B success page. People can subscribe to it. There's a Facebook My Inspiration page. And then I'm available out on all the other social media channels. I, I'll be providing all of that to you so you can have it in the show notes. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm excited for people to hear this. And Thank I, you. and I've been excited. Like I've been like literally on the edge of my seat, just listening to all that. Cause this, you provided a lot of nuggets, like a lot of meat for everybody's plate. So I hope they take heed and connect. So awesome. that's, that's what it's all about. No matter what business you're in, you're in the people business. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Now this is, Victory Chat with Jackie. Your victory starts here. See you all next time. Bye.